I'm done with the bad jokes. Well, no. No. We both know me too well for that. I'll try to be done for now. We need him for the podcast. <laughs> and the home of the Episode 82 of the Hit the Deck podcast, where we talk deck hockey, street hockey, ball hockey, it's hockey in sneakers. Oh, man. You know, James, listening to that uh, opening theme, as I do every time we do one of these episodes of Hit the Deck, uh, I, I can't help but lament how much I miss having Pops play with us in the LIQ. It, uh, he is missed. Absolutely. That's very true. But, um, you know, gone but not forgotten. I mean, I see him on Facebook all the time, and, and you know, he's family, so I see him from time to time at events and such, so uh, just saw him for Christmas, in fact. So, you know, he's not, he's not gone, gone. He's just, um... in fact, if I'm being completely transparent, many weeks he, he gives me a lift to the court uh, along with the Nets and, and drops me off at home. So, you know, he's still an integral part of the LIQ, but he just doesn't play with us anymore which is unfortunate but i don't want to misrepresent the importance of the man perfectly said exactly and and he's kind enough to drop and pick up his son as well and, oh, of you know, course yes so yeah. i am i am on the way i guess or, or slightly out of the way it's not not a terrible inconvenience i hope yeah and that's more because i'm not showing up to pick you up in the first place so that's... my apologies to pop so sorry i mean it's any... not really entirely your job so well i mean we're part of the league and I have to drive out there anyway. And it's really no problem at all to uh, pick up my goalie is something that's um, happy to do and, and we'll do every time, but I need to play more games. That's the problem. Well, I'd love if you played more games regardless, but I think we've gotten off on the wrong foot here. Welcome to episode 82 of the hit the deck podcast, deck hockey, street hockey, ball hockey, hockey and sneakers, yada, yada, yada. You, you know the drill anyway. So, it has been another fun week. Well, I mean, I guess your mileage may vary. It's not necessarily been a fun week. I'm not you. I don't know what your week was like. I'm really making that assumption on your behalf, and I shouldn't. That was rude of me. I apologize. It's been another week. Let's leave it at that. It's been a chilly week for us here in uh, the New York area, I can say, as James and myself are firmly in the New York area and in the throes of quite the cold snap. Yeah, and uh, it seems to be getting worse and worse. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about this in the future of, of this particular podcast, but I think Canada is really upset from last year's World Juniors and this year's <laughs> World Juniors as well, so they're sending all their horrible cold weather down here to teach us a lesson. Today, in fact, we got stuck in the midst of a bomb cyclone, which sounds like something from Mega Man. If you ask me. Yeah, the first time I heard that, I'm thinking, okay, being from Brooklyn and right by mm -hmm. where the Cyclones play, to me, a bomb Cyclone would be a huge Cyclones home run for the minor league team for the New York Mets, if you're not familiar. Oh, see, but now, I, know, I, would, yeah. I would have interpreted it as somebody who was a huge flop for that franchise. Well, possibly, yeah. But uh, maybe more of a dud, but ah, ha, ha. I, I don't know. Ah, ha, ha. Oh! Sorry. I actually was going for yeah. I hit the wrong button. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah! There it is. Uh, no, I'm glad that that happened because that's the type of year I've been having anyway. So hopefully 2018 <laughs> will will remedy that. But I've been used to being booed and kicked and beaten and battered around. So That's the Wilburys. Been beat up and battered around. Been sent up and I've been shut down. Right? You're the best yep. thing that I've ever found. Handle me with care. Yeah, not a good song to listen to if you're a defenseman, so sorry. <laughs> it is sad that we lost Tom Petty this past year. Oh, horrible. Absolutely horrible. Uh, anyway, we're not talking about Tom Petty. We're not talking about uh, been being beat up and battered around, and uh, we're talking about deck hockey. Or at oh, least yeah. that's the plan, I think. I heard that at the beginning of this podcast. Somebody yeah, told right. me that's what it was about. Yeah. 
Okay. Well, anyway. Um, follow your lead. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to get into the starting lineup because we're already uh, five minutes into this thing. And then I want to talk about something. So um, for tonight's starting lineup in goal, as ever, I am number 35, your American Rhino, Gary McComiskey. And right here, here, right here for this very first episode, this first podcast of 2018, right here, recording with me. On defense, number four, I'm James Sajazi. Indeed you are, James Sajazi, and I have some news for you, Mr. Sajazi, if you think you can handle it. I'm hanging on. I'm trying my best. Sorry, I just, I, I appreciate that. I just, for some reason, I, I just flashed back to Spaceballs, wherein Dark Helmet opines to uh, Lone Star, I see your Schwartz is as big as mine. Now let's see how well you handle it. Anytime you could put a Spaceballs reference in a podcast, that's always a good thing. Well, last week I was wearing the Spaceballs jersey, so it probably would have been a little more appropriate there, but uh, oh well. I actually, I, I got the the name on the jersey I got was Helmet, for, for Dark Helmet, of course, because um, in my youth, this isn't what I wanted to talk about. This is a complete tangent. I apologize, listener, but you know, you've already committed, so you know, you can listen to us or you can turn it off. I put the ball in your court. The space ball. I put the space ball in your court. But anyway, so in my youth, I was uh, I was teased quite a bit, uh, called Rick Moranis, because apparently my contemporaries, uh, this was grammar school, my contemporaries thought that I looked like Rick Moranis. I, I swear to you, I saw it once in a mirror. One time in my entire life, I was looking in the mirror. I was like, yeah, I see it. And that was it. The rest of my entire life, I have seen no resemblance between myself and Rick Moranis. But that being said, I tremendously respect Rick Moranis. He was a great comedian. I mean, he still is, I guess. He, he's pretty much retired from making movies at this point. But he's, uh, he's a funny guy. And, you know, I, 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 have, I have tremendous respect for him. So he was my go-to for that Spaceballs jersey. Yeah, and he's sorely missed, too. So a great actor. has been in fantastic movies. And God bless him. But you know uh, that what? Should, that, that, that's a compliment. So I'm, I'm good for the stupid punks that were trying to bring you down and building you up instead. So I like when that happens. Oh, thank you. It <laughs> took me a long time to see it that way. But, uh, you know, kids, right? That's all part of the growing up process. But, you know, Rick Moranis, I, aside from his great talent as a comedic actor, I really respect him for the reason he left. I, I'm pretty sure his wife passed and he had to raise his kids. So he left he left acting to do that but like now his kids are grown and he could go back to it if he wanted to but like he's just he has integrity so he's been offered plenty of roles but he's like no I don't I have no interest in doing that project you know I don't see what that does for me as an actor so I guess he doesn't need the money god bless so he's just uh you know doing his thing all right. Hey, well earned, man. Uh, mm -hmm. that, I agree. That's the most important thing in the world is to be a good parent. So God mm -hmm. bless him. Amen. All right. So all of this completely unrelated to Rick Moranis, Spaceballs, or any, any of that, the news I, I was going to see how well you can handle is, uh, I, you know, for a goalie, Tony Bonner, a friend of the show, former guest, great guy, Tony Bonner is racking up a lot of assists because... He came through again. One of the websites that he recommended, sidelineswap.com, during his interview with us, I actually wound up going there and getting myself a, a new used set of pads. And these are, I mean, they're, they're old. Like, these, I think these pads are from 2004, the description said. But okay. that being said, these are like legit ice hockey pads. And they're not in terrible condition. And... I got them for less than it would have cost me to buy a new set of the street hockey pads I usually get. So provided I can I can figure out a way to, you know, do some minor repairs on them and, and maintain them, more importantly, maintain them. And part of that is going to be putting on the uh, the new slide plates that Santa brought me. I, I really think that uh, I could be a, a renewed force to be reckoned with in, in the, uh, you know, deck hockey circles so to speak oh man that is exciting or actually Can't i guess wait. behind the the circles you know where the, the crease is located between and behind kind of um 
you know. And, uh, <clears throat> that that just makes this storm even worse because we're in. We just had a blizzard, as uh, as Gary said at the top of the podcast, and it's getting worse and colder. And Lord knows how long the ice and snow is going to last. But we are just chomping at the bit to play deck hockey as it is. But that just is a nice little cherry on top. Can't wait to see the new pads. Well, I don't have them yet, but uh, okay. Hopefully tomorrow. But yeah, I, and hopefully also, I'm hoping I can get. Uh, well, we can get a video out of it for our YouTube page. I'm gonna I'm gonna try and document. You know, I guess it's redundant to say, but kind of documentary style from from, you know, first opening it through the process of trying to repair it and prepare it for deck hockey. So we'll see how successful I am with that. Hopefully you, dear listener, will have uh, an interesting film to watch in the, um, let's say, near to Midland future. Fantastic. So Jeremy of the... uh... The CDHA just keeps giving us gifts after gift after gift from him reaching out to us and being a, uh, a guest on the podcast and then introducing us to Tony and then Tony and uh, the American Rhino just combining the beauty of the fraternity and sorority of that uh, the goalie mm-hmm. is fantastic. Yep. So wonderful. This is great. And it looks like the CDHA finally got to try out a, a new indoor home. So uh, hopefully that went well. Jeremy, you'll have to let us know how that turned out. You know, good luck with everything uh, again with that, especially with the cold weather moving in. And uh, here in New York, we're under about eight inches of snow. (laughs) So, you know, I I don't know what your situation is in Columbus, but hopefully you are not impacted the way we are and you have this place to play. Hopefully it worked out for you and hopefully you will continue to be able to do this thing that we all love so very much. Amen to that. Yeah, it's, it's cool to follow him on Facebook, too, and Twitter. Yeah, yeah. So why don't we talk about what we came here to talk about, James? Cool? Yes. Cool. All right. Well, then, if you are amenable, uh, <laughs> would you mind, could I impose on you, would you mind terribly telling us what is on deck for this podcast, James? Would be happy to, sir. Thank you. Take it outside. Hockey closed out 2017 and started 2018 in huge ways with a pair of fantastic outdoor games. On 1229, Canada and the U.S. battled in the first-ever outside World Juniors matchup. And on New Year's Day, the New York Mets lent their home to the Rangers and Sabres for the NHL Winter Classic. The year just started! But the NHL is such a forward-thinking league, they're working on technology for the 2019-2020 season. Happy 2018, by the way. And whiteboard. We're way overdue for talking deck hockey strategies, so here's a chance to make up for it. Some of us, myself included, think it's good to have a game plan in deck hockey no matter if it's a pickup game or a tournament. Others seem to disagree. The American Rhino and I will give our opinions of the pros and cons and want to hear from you too. And that's what's on deck. Thank you, James. You're welcome, sir. You know, the NHL may be a forward-thinking league, but I I dare say that you and I are more defense-thinking. Exactly. (laughs) It's, uh, you know... (laughs) It's just the, the the way our minds work. So, you know, no uh, no offense to anybody who is on the offensive side of the ball, but um, you know, thanks. Yeah, yeah just, no. just one a little more tangent. Thanks for bringing that up. I've been watching a lot of the NHL Network and things. And yeah. The cool thing about that, if people that don't have the NHL Network or MLB Network, is their studios are in Jersey, and I believe they share the same facility. So the cool thing is that with the Winter Classic being held at City Field this year, and it's usually in a baseball stadium or a, or a football stadium, the uh, NHL network, they show you strategies. So they have a little rink and the guys will go in goal and, and show you how plays unfold and how to do defensive plays and offensive and this, that, and the other thing. So the cool thing is that they put their rink in the middle of the baseball field where they do the same for the baseball stuff. Oh, nice. So I, I thought that was a nice little uh, tip of the cap or tap of the stick for the winter classic. So well done for the NHL network and MLB network. Do you have any idea if they still record a show from the NHL store in Manhattan? I know they did for a while. As a matter of fact, our uh, other friends are the uh, Sirius XM, the NHL network on uh, Sirius XM. Mm-hmm. They do. Oh, yes. okay. Yeah. So it's not the television show. It's a, it's a radio show. Exactly. Gotcha. Uh, but they do, they do televise uh, I know they televised one of the versions. I'm not sure if they still televised the uh, the one from the NHL store in Midtown, though. Okay. But I do know that it, it is broadcast on uh, Sirius XM on the NHL channel there. All right. Well, speaking of broadcasts, 
What were you up to this past Monday, James? Yeah, it was great. Gary even surprised me that you may have even had tickets to go to the game, but unfortunately I was down in Jersey with family to ring in the new year. But uh, no, plus I, wasn't said, feeling... I said if I could get them, under yeah, what yeah. circumstances would you be willing to go? I didn't say I got them. Well, yeah. I was hoping, if... honestly, that the prices were starting to come down a little bit that day because it's day of and there was plenty for sale on StubHub. But they never really dropped quite as much as I was hoping, and it was freezing, so I just, you know, and you couldn't go, so I just stayed home. Yeah, uh, apologies if I didn't make that clear, but exactly, <laughs> no, okay. that, that was fine. But besides being too far away, I also felt very sick, so uh, not, not a good way to end the year and start the new one, but feeling better now anyway. Excellent. But uh, anyway, yeah, uh, the benefits of the Winter Classic is that uh, you, you get to watch it from the comfort of your own home, usually, or at least most of the country. And, uh, actually, uh, the first period I watched from the comfort of an Applebee's, but that's okay. Oh, okay. That's cool. But our own John from the LIQ and his brother, and I believe his wife and, and son, yes, did go to City Field and watch it in person, and they looked like they had really good seats out in center field. Yeah, maybe, uh, maybe Nolan, John's son, can go and uh, play with your nephew <laughs> at some point. <laughs> can uh, have a have a, a deck hockey matchup absolutely that's what part of what this podcast is all about so we have a whole other generation already in the works and getting going with the deck so exciting stuff cool stuff but yeah an incredible game what a way to start off the year for the nhl mm -hmm. um and that, that was really exciting but the, the funny thing too is that uh the, the goaltending was really i thought the biggest star mm -hmm. of the of the day of the winter classic particularly robin leonard the goalie, I hope I'm pronouncing his last name correctly, of the Buffalo Sabres was absolutely fantastic. And um, the Sabres overcame a 2-0 deficit and forced overtime. I thought there was too many penalties called against the Rangers, too. However, mm. the irony is that the Rangers had a power play goal to win it in overtime, mm. which was fantastic. Yeah, it was a great and, goal, too. Yes. And the connection between the Rangers and Mets, besides Gary and I being huge fans of both and the same for my family and, and Gary's family, or at least most of, is that Kevin Shattenkirk is a huge Mets fan. I didn't know that, that he grew up as a huge Mets fan. He still follows the Mets mm -hmm. and a huge Piazza fan. Yeah, I didn't know that either. So, hey, I was very happy, very excited that they signed the defenseman in the offseason. And now I think I just have to get his jersey because that's <laughs> just too cool. Also, the other funny thing, and if Gary, if you wouldn't mind getting us through this one, explaining the uh, the Shea and the Shea. Yeah, so if you, um, this is a little bit of a tangent, but if you watch the Saturday Night Live sketch with Chance the Rapper, where he plays a fill-in hockey reporter on MSG, it, it was a, a couple months ago, it was making the rounds in hockey circles, it was very funny. He was uh, interviewing a player and a ranger and he was trying to figure out how to pronounce the guy's name which was uh, s-k-j-e-i and he just gave up that was pronounced shay so brady shay is a ranger and so somebody in the stands at the game had a sign that said shay stadium like brady shay stadium and of course shay stadium being the previous home of the new york mets and a uh, stadium that is beloved by James and myself. It's uh, it, it was a sign that had great meaning to Mets fans and and to us in particular. So whoever came up with that stadium, kudos to you, sir or madam. You are an all star. Absolutely, and uh, very well done, and and much appreciated on our end as well. Mm -hmm. The other cool things about it too was, and we'll get to this in a future podcast, but. Henrik Lundqvist, his stellar play in outdoor games, it's, it's perfect. He's a perfect 4-0. Mm -hmm. But his gloves and pads were amazing. Some of the most beautiful gloves and pads I've ever seen on a goalie ever. Yeah, they were, they were awesome, and they were Mets-inspired. So, uh, you know, <laughs> you may, may disagree, but for James and I, those were beautiful. And I was worried, because I had read in the paper that morning, Monday morning, and I texted James, I had read in the paper that Henrik Lundqvist decided that he couldn't properly break the pads in in time, so he was going to wear his regular pads during the game. And then the game, you know, they, they came out to start the game, and lo and behold, Henrik is wearing his baseball pads. And it's just, that was, that was just, oh, he changed his mind. That's awesome. So I was very happy to see that, and I know James was as well. Yes, and thank you for uh, 
for the text too, for both keeping us like, uh oh, and then the I happiness of what I didn't mean to scare you. I just no, I was passing okay. along information that I had heard or read. It's so it, it's always good to get bad news from people who care about you, but uh, that that was a nice surprise when you texted again. No, he's got them on, so very exciting. Yeah. There was a cheer in, in the household there too, on our end, just for the uh, for Henrik the King wearing his really awesome gear that day for that specific reason. So absolutely. And another tip of the stick to, uh, or tap of the stick for Robin Leonard, who came out during warmups wearing the old school, scary style goalie mask, which I thought was really awesome too. I did not get a chance to see warmups. That was great. Yeah. um, I actually saw a picture of it afterwards. I didn't see it when it happened, but uh, but that's just so awesome. And uh, the fact that he had a little knitted cap on his helmet, while he played the game, too, was, was even cooler. But he, he played a sensational game. Both teams did really well, exciting and fun, and I think everything that the NHL hoped it would be. Yeah, so funny little story quick. Uh, we went to Applebee's after Mass for lunch on, on Monday morning because, you know, New Year's Day is a holy day of obligation for us Catholics. So we went to Applebee's for lunch after Mass, and I walked in, and I saw that the Winter Classic was on, like, in the bar area, so I knew that, oh, so they don't, they're not opposed to having it on. And the restaurant was pretty empty. So the section we were sitting in when we got there, we were the only ones in that area. And there was a TV right there. So it had on, I have no idea, a football game. It had on the football game. So I said, I said to the waitress, hey, is there any way we could get the Winter Classic on this TV, the hockey game? And she said, oh, I don't, um, what is that? I said, the, the hockey game. The, the the winter classic the hockey game can we please get the hockey game on this tv she's like oh i you know I'll, let me let me go check so she she went over for a minute she came back she's like is that i think they're calling it the rose game is is oh. that what they have on there like no 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 the winter classic the hockey game i, I nbc can, can we have please <laughs> And eventually she put it on. She, she's like, I'll ask the bartender. They know about the TVs. <laughs> okay, thank you. Yeah, and, and for future uh, waiters and waitresses, just think about your tip when a fan asks for something specific because you will be rewarded for it. But anyway, well done, sir. Glad that you weren't able to, that you didn't have to miss anything. Yeah. But the other classic game that was held outdoors was a few days prior mm-hmm. where, and um, at the recording of this podcast, very upset, but, uh, you know, still fantastic defense of their gold medal. The uh, the men of the world juniors, the U.S. men, mm-hmm. um, Sweden somehow had an insane third period today and uh, they knocked them out. So now the best the U.S. can do is play for the bronze medal game as Sweden will go on to play whoever wins, I believe, between Canada and the Czech, whoever play, wins that game to play for the gold. But the. Uh, Team USA, fantastic last year and uh, going up into this year as well. But they played the first ever outdoors World Junior matchup up in Buffalo. Mm. So now, James, now we know why the Sabres were the home team at City Field, because they got kicked out of the stadium in Buffalo. Exactly. (laughs) And for good cause. But uh, (laughs) it was uh, it was a classic and it was eerily similar to last year's incredible World Junior Final between Mm. both the U.S. and Canada as well, uh, only in a freezing and snowy Buffalo, New York, in front of over 40,000 fans. I think that's a little redundant, actually. (laughs) Freezing and snowy Buffalo, New York. Yeah, yeah, um, sure. Especially what's going on in the East Coast at the recording of this podcast. But anyway, that was pretty cool. Uh, Again, the U.S. battled back from a two-goal deficit and fought through overtime mm. and won the preliminary round in a shootout. Yeah. And it was basically like exactly what happened in the final last year in Canada. So it was really fantastic. It, it made for great TV, the snow, and I, I'm sure the NHL wouldn't have played through that, but mm-hmm. the second period it was like blizzard conditions and you couldn't even see the lines <laughs> and stuff. So they had to, to scrape it off and just really well done. Fantastic job by all people up in Buffalo to preserve the ice, have it playable, and the game itself was just an instant classic. Excellent. A, a one might say a winter classic. <laughs> good one. Although uh, I think that name is taken. Yes. So um, great. That that's uh, yeah. It is unfortunate that they lost to Sweden, but you know. 
if I didn't love Henrik so much, I'd hate Sweden. I know. Yeah. Uh, you can't hate Sweden. No. No, you're right. It's, I get carried away for loyalties to the U.S. and, and hockey fandom, so I apologize. In the shooting and the pucking and the goalin. <laughs> Yeah, I think he'd make a great goalie, the Swedish chef. What do you think? He's a little spastic for the position. I don't know. <laughs> he has great hands. Yeah. <laughs> All right. But, uh, but yeah, um, moving on to uh, the NHL and technology and stuff like that. Uh, yes. Speaking of another great tournament that the, um, the NHL hosted uh, in 2016 was the 2016 World Cup of Hockey. And there, during that tournament, the league experimented with a, uh, a player and puck tracking system. Yes, I, I recall. We discussed it on this very podcast. That's right. And so fast forward to now and in the future, Commissioner Gary Bettman wants a league-wide player and puck tracking system but it needs to be invented. It actually is in the works, and they're putting a lot of time and money into this. And the NHL hopes to have this by at least the 2019-2020 season, if not by the Stanley Cup playoffs of the uh, 2018-2019 season. But we'll see. And we all know why Bettman wants this technology so badly. Glow puck. 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 Oh, God, no, please. <laughs> Hockey gods, please. <laughs> oh, goodness. Yes. Uh, no, I'm sure they're not bringing back the glow puck. That was an unmitigated disaster. But uh, it's, fun to, it's fun to reminisce about how bad it was. Yeah. Um, and, and I, yeah, we'll leave it at that. that that's a sore subject. I know, but, I know. Um. But anyway, going back to the 2016 World Cup of Hockey, the the way that they did that was a company named Sports Vision had to stitch chips into the jerseys of all the players mm. and implant trackers into the pucks, as Gary was alluding to, except they did it right this time. And they needed infrared cameras all over the arena to collect all of the data. Mm-hmm. And that was all well and good, but uh, Commissioner Bettman is quoted as saying, we're in the process of working with some technology companies to invent technology that doesn't currently exist, because it's more complicated to do this than in any other sports for a whole host of reasons which relate to the attributes of our games, the physical contact, the sticks, the speed, and everything else. Mm. So what he's trying to say is that he doesn't want anything that could break. Mm-hmm. And uh, also, who knows, maybe, I don't know where they inserted the chips into the jerseys, but maybe it wasn't totally 100% accurate as he was hoping it would be. Yeah, well, and, yeah, oh, sorry, James. You have to no, figure, if you're wearing a jersey, it is a fairly loose-fitting item of clothing, so it's going to swish around a little bit as you're you're moving. Now, I don't know how precise these trackers were, but in terms of precisely tracking where your body is, there is a margin of error there if it's on the jersey. Yes. And also the puck itself, as we were talking about before, the way that they, and they tested these things very dramatically, as a matter of fact, if uh, I could just go and look at the article here, that in 2016, when they tested the pucks with the tracking devices in them, they shot 140 mile an hour blasts, (laughs) which is faster than any recorded slap shot, at least for now. And they repeated that 50 consecutive times hitting it off of the post. Okay. And the pucks withheld the whole punishment splendidly. Great. So, but the concern is that apparently the pucks were two pieces and I guess they had to vulcanize them or whatever to, to make them one. Mm-hmm. Um, but they did withstand all of that punishment. But again, uh, what commissioner Bettman is concerned with that if it is two pieces, mm-hmm. like let's say theoretically this could happen if it's in a playoff game, what if only half of the puck goes over the line ah, and the other doesn't? So yes. that's just what what maybe he's kind of splitting hairs here. But to his credit, we're splitting uh, pucks. There you go. To his credit, Commissioner Bettman, he's just trying to make sure that the, it, it's as foolproof as possible. Wow. I don't think the words Commissioner Bettman and to his credit have ever been uttered in the same sentence before. Well he, done, James. 
Yeah, thank you. We uh, are we breaking new very... ground on this podcast. Exactly. We, we try and be positive and, you know, certain jobs I would never want to have and being the commissioner of the NHL is one of them because inevitably, especially with the passionate fans that we are, mm-hmm. you're probably going to tick off the majority of us no matter what you do. So uh, it takes a, a very thick skin and, and bravery to do so. So I, I tip my stick to Gary Bettman. And um, I admit that I did boo him most, most, a lot of times in the past. But anyway, uh, the other thing, too, is that he pointed out that during the 2016 tournament, mm-hmm. they were all all the games were held in the same building. OK, he wants to have the ability to go through all 31 arenas of mm-hmm. the NHL and do this over the entire season, which is roughly uh, 1,271 games. So that's the other reason why he wants to have this technology that has yet to be developed, that you don't have any, I guess, moving parts in a way. Sure. That, yeah, nothing could be damaged or or the the data could be as 100% accurate as possible. All right. Well. And Yeah. Yeah. It's it's expensive, but they're working on it. And again, they're giving themselves a couple of years to perfect it and do it. And I'm curious to see how it happens and looking forward to it if they pull it off. I assume they would test this at some kind of minor league level before they implemented it in the league. They would have to, right, to make sure that the pucks played normally and that, you know, the trackers and everything was able to keep up with the pace of a game and that there were no unforeseen problems with the, I mean, I would assume. You'd have to assume, right? You're absolutely right, as a matter of fact. One of the things that I really respect and admire about the NHL, among many, many things, is that every offseason, right before the preseason begins, Mm -hmm. they do experiments like that, where they work on new technologies and and real-life actions and and tests on in-game situations. Mm -hmm. And yes, they do... They do test things in the minor league level and, and stuff of that nature, but they they have a specific gathering, if you will, where they test out new things. For example, like if you've noticed over the last past years, the evolution of the net to make sure that the camera above and the camera inside mm-hmm. gets to see as close as possible if the puck is going to go over the net or let's say a goalie makes a save, but his uh, the puck's in his glove yeah. and the glove goes over the line, but you don't see the puck. So sure. it, it's really, yeah, and, and that they, they move the crossbar and they're different angles. They, they figured out to put the, the Gatorade bottle or whatever bottle in the back of the net in its own little holster now. Right, and yeah, it, that was clever. Yeah, and, and another Although thing... Although it does, it does remove the uh, classic pop the bottle, you know, top shelf goal, which uh, was always a crowd pleaser. Yes, but maybe maybe they uh, got wind of uh, a, a certain goalie named the American Rhino and didn't want to tick you guys off too much because I'm sure you wouldn't uh, take that very um, appreciate that very much. But uh, anyway, the uh, the other thing too is for the the other thing about the Nets. I know I don't know why I'm focusing on the Nets, but uh, they play in Brooklyn. They're assumed yeah. to be uh, the sole tenants of the Barclays Center. Right. Um, they're owned by some Russian oligarch. Uh, I don't, I don't know very much about basketball, so I, I, I can't continue this joke. I'm sorry. Well, that, that's I more than I know, you. so well, well done. Um, but the hockey nets, is ah, yes, they, yes, yeah, they, they, they even on the sides where the bottom of the net meets the ice and the, and the bottom of the cage mm-hmm. is they put like this clear see-through material there so you can also see mm-hmm. the red line better. Uh, so just a few examples, and that's one of the things of the point. So, yeah, I'm sure that they're going to extensively test this technology once it's ready mm-hmm. in uh, the minor league system and in that uh, that camp that they do before the season starts. And they do it over a couple of years, too, to make sure that uh, it works and it's good to go. Sure, and I'm sure they're going to have to get the Players Association on board as well. So this is going to be a process. This isn't yeah. something we're going to see right away. Right. But the, interesting you should say that, too. Speaking of the uh, Players Association, this article also mentioned, which the article we're getting from Sport Techie, by the way, and it was written by Joe Lemire, I believe, is how you pronounce the man's name. But uh, in the Sports Techie article, they say that other leagues do tracking systems like this, such as the MLB and the NBA, as uh, you were talking about before. But I don't know anything about these crazy loopholes and things like that. But with the fact that there won't be any wearable technology on the players themselves that somehow circumvents some sort of league stipulation or something like that where you can use data 
of players without their permission or something. I don't know. It was really That's interesting. Weird. Yeah, uh, but they, they went to mention that, and it's way over my head. Is this technology, if it's not going to be used... Well, I, I remember in the World Juniors, or not the World Juniors, the World Cup incarnation that it had last year, I remember that one of the purposes was to get, like, metrics and biometric data from how the players performed is that no longer an aim is this just kind of solely to establish goals and potentially offsides and things like that i would again and this is speculation on my point and that's a great question mm -hmm. i would imagine that one of the focuses is for player health especially with all the speaking of the technologies and tests that they've done with the concussion issues that have been going through with hockey and football and baseball and, and, and things of that nature. But uh, yeah, I, I think it's for the players' benefits as well and their well-beings and health. Yeah. So that's why I don't understand that whole little... Uh, well, again, I, there's a lot I don't understand about the law and loopholes and all this nonsense. But I could go way down the rabbit hole here, but I guess the, the, the thing that I'm just concerned, not concerned, but curious about with, with that whole thing, if that is still the main goal of all this, like... It, unless you're somehow able to map the rank in three dimensions in real time continuously, I can't see how they can get accurate data for, you know, how hard the players are being hit and in what direction and the forces it's having on the body without those sensors. So, uh, I mean, I understand that the technology doesn't exist yet, but but still, it seems like they're asking a lot. You know, if anybody could figure out, I think they should call up the Mythbusters. Maybe they would uh, yeah. be able to come up with this technology. That's true. That's true. Uh, Adam, Jamie, what, what are you guys up to these days? Exactly. I mean, Adam has his own like website, and, and he's doing one of those touring shows, I think. I have no idea what Jamie's up to. I know he, he kind of willingly dropped out of the spotlight. He, he did not enjoy that aspect of... Uh, the show, the the fame and and uh, glory. I guess he he really just. I think he would have preferred to stay in the background and just do the work. But yeah. all right, <laughs> I, I think I'm ready to write that tangent. All righty, okay. Um, what else? What else? What else are we supposed to be talking about? But yeah, speaking of figuring things out, let's go to the whiteboard. All right, yeah. I don't know why I'm saying hut, hut, hut. I, I wasn't really, it wasn't intentional. It was just kind of a thing that came out and I sort of went with it. I mean, I, I know they have whiteboards in football, I guess, in, in like in the, the coach's room or whatever, but it's whiteboards aren't really a thing that are associated with football. That, that, that's, and, and this isn't a football podcast, so I have no idea why I would be bringing it up. That's just silly. I, I apologize. No problem at all. It's funny anyway. So. Hut, hut, hut. Ay, ay, ay. Uh, it Omaha! Well. Omaha! <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well done, sir. Oh, the only thing um, <laughs> the only thing that football has in common with hockey is that you you can be under center, I guess. Yeah. Uh, if you're playing the middle position. Okay. So uh, let's 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 just go with that and okay. forget. <laughs> let's just just go, just just okay. go. Okay. Yes, sir. We'll do. This is more of and and we want to hear your points of view too for the fans out there. You can you know Gary always tells you how you can reach out to us and please do so. Twitter, Facebook, Gmail, whatever. Mm -hmm. But this is kind of. I don't know, not really a right answer or a wrong answer type thing. It's just kind of an attitude, I suppose. But Good thing. Yeah. For, for deck hockey in particular, you know, we play in the LIQ, and it's a pickup league, so we don't necessarily have uh, set teams and, and same faces and things like that. So it's not strict, strict league, and we play in tournaments and stuff like that, so you have a little bit of a different mentality there. But for a pickup league and for people that maybe – you know, and I'll, I'll admit this, uh, as Gary always says, don't be that guy. Mm. Sometimes I get wrapped up to, into it and I get taken a little bit too seriously. James is very passionate, especially it, when he feels like he has cost us the game. Yeah, which happens a little bit too often. But anyway. Uh, That's my it, job, James. Yeah, cleaning up my messes. But no, anyway, my, yeah, all right. it's, uh, it, it can get to i admit it, it, it gets to me every now and again and uh, you know try and be humble if we do well and we win 
but maybe I act a little bit too excited and something I could work on for the new year, by the way. But one thing about uh, competing is that if it is just strictly pickup, I do believe in the philosophy, I suppose, of having a game plan, especially because the level of play is really pretty high in the LIQ and everybody is really very talented for the most part, even people that maybe don't show up very often or, or whatever. But the 2017 was really a great year, I thought, for the LIQ in mm -hmm. terms of the people that joined and, of course, the original guys that started the league. Mm -hmm. And you guys just got better and better as well. And Craig upped his game. And uh, unfortunately, Mike had to retire a little bit, but hopefully he'll get back and maybe reinvent himself as a defenseman because he's a really good defenseman. And my shins can attest to that. But um, the, uh, the, the level of play is really good, no, no matter what. And a lot of times when, again, we don't have set teams, we'll just do a random thing where one of the guys like Joe or somebody will throw everybody's sticks into the middle and then randomly throw a stick here or a stick there. And wherever goalie it lands in front of, one goalie at one end, the other goalie at the other, those are the players that will be on your team. And... Lo and behold, no matter what, it looks like, oh, one team is a lot better than the other, but it's really nine times out of ten evenly matched. Mm -hmm. With that, and especially facing a good goalie like yourself or, or Craig, there are times when if you're lucky enough to have a team where, let's say, you have Brad on your team or, or John, somebody, uh, and, and Joe, you know, guys like that, and, and Brett that have really good shots that are fast and uh, good heads on their shoulders and team players, they pass the puck, they move the puck well, they, they know how to shoot well, and, and so on and so forth. You can get away with just running up and down and haphazardly playing and, and having fun. Mm -hmm. But if you're going up against, like, for example, uh, we went up against uh, Craig one day, and he was just like a magician out there. The saves that he was making were ridiculous you yeah know? He's, he's been uh, on, as i said recently he's been on his game lately yeah and and that's a credit to him and fantastic as a matter of fact that some of the guys on my team were in awe of him when really we should have been trying to figure out how to get that puck past him but uh, well, i and, think that's anybody like if if you if a goalie makes two or three ridiculous saves in a row i think it's human nature to just kind of stop for a second and be like how what what Huh? Oh, absolutely. And, you know, not like maybe try for that fourth shot just because you're dumbfounded. Yeah. Yeah. And again, it, it's a pickup league and it's informal and, yeah. and so on and so forth. But I, I think, yeah, it's always fun to play. And especially if you play well and you compete well and it's evenly matched games and nobody's cheating or, or anything like that, then I can live with losing in a certain extent, but not in, in the heat of the action. I right. Mean, it's always about winning. You can eventually live with it. Exactly right. Yeah, because I have no choice because I lost. But right. Anyway, I think that it, it's good to have at least some sort of strategy, especially if you're playing against a team that seems to have a working system where, for example, let's say they have a guy who is a real defenseman and he's always staying back and we're just playing three on three, mm -hmm. not including the goalie. So you have one guy back for him and then you have the two forwards that are always pressing ahead and it always seems like they're keeping the puck in our zone just for the sake of argument. So I would feel that it would be good to counter that if uh, between periods or or even if there's a timeout or something like that to try and combat that in some way and have a set play, for example, like, OK, maybe uh, one of our guys will stay back or maybe we'll be a little bit more aggressive and make sure that we can stay in their zone a lot longer, mainly for our goalie's sake so that he's not constantly making saves and feeling the pressure of at any given moment because we play on a short surface at any given moment, somebody's going to score on him. And uh, we're just chasing our tails at that point. So what I'm thinking is, is that taking it a little bit too seriously or, or, or overthinking it? Or is it just something that maybe if it's informal, it's okay to just go out there, have fun, run back and forth. And if you score, you score. If you don't, you don't. My, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you kind of a general opinion of mine just to start out. And that is, I would say if you... Like if you're starting, if you're losing, let's say, or, or at, you know, at worst, you just, you're not, you're not scoring, you know, I would say it's okay to maybe try and develop a strategy, but I feel like for this kind of game, you know, for a tournament might be a little bit of a different story, but for just a fun, you know, pickup game, a, a friendly, as they would say in, uh, in soccer, at least that's my understanding. I don't watch soccer, but, um, for that kind of thing, 
I think starting out with a plan, uh, I don't know. It, it, it almost, I mean, yes, everybody wants to win, but I feel like everybody should also be afforded the opportunity to go out and just show what they can do and see how well you gel and then adjust if necessary. You know, just for the sake of, of being able to play and not taking it too seriously and not being worried about strategy and and you know playing uh, a certain you know playing out of a certain playbook just just because you want to win because winning isn't everything you know it's you want to win of course but it's not the sole focus fair enough and as a goalie I really my opinion as a goalie for the most part is whatever the skaters want to do you know whatever you guys decide that's fine with me just you know do just just Try not to leave me too exposed if possible. But, uh, you know, on the whole, just do what you do and I'll, I'll, I'll try and do my job. The only time that I would, honestly, that I really have requested certain things is most often if I'm hurt, which for me, that's usually one of my knees has been twisted or tweaked or, or something. And I'm having, you know, a pronounced difficulty on one side. I will often kind of, um, you know, quietly ask a defenseman listen try and keep them to this side or the other side or whatever if possible you know try and push them to this side if you can because the other side is is a little weak for me right now i'm a little more vulnerable on that side you know i feel like that's as a goalie i think that's kind of the extent of my ability to request a certain strategy i even feel funny saying like oh push them to if you get them behind the net try and keep them to that side because I feel like it's presumptuous to tell a you know, defenseman or whoever to tell them how to play their position. Like, I wouldn't like it very much if somebody tried to give me tips on how to be goalie during the game. So, you, and, and that has happened <laughs> from time to time. You know, uh, oh, you know, play the post more or, or you know, to move the puck more or, or don't move the puck as much or, or whatever. I get a little irked by that. You know, once or twice if it's like, oh, okay, this is part of, this is going to help us if you do this generally, that's fine. But if people start telling me, oh, you should be doing more of this and less of that, then that's going to get my goat. And I feel like, it, you know, the same way, I don't really, it's not my place to tell a fellow teammate, hey, you should play this way strategically because I feel like it's not, it's not cool. I'm not okay, the yeah. coach, you know? And that's, that's, that's another, for, yeah, for a lot of these like beer leagues and, and whatever more serious leagues, there is like a player coach whose job it is to kind of keep everybody on the same page and, and make plays and stuff. But for just a pickup game, if somebody's decided they want to be the coach of the team because they, they just, I guess some people have that mentality, that A personality where they just automatically feel like they are, you know, it's their job to take over any given situation that that's not cool to me that I, I don't think, you know, I don't think you need to go in and, and start giving people assigned roles and strategies just out of the gate. You know, if, if somebody has a suggestion like, Oh, let's try this fine. I think that's great. But I, I don't think that you need to, for, for this kind of league, I, this has been a very long winded answer. I apologize. But uh, the, the short version is I'm not a fan. Yeah, fair enough. You need to explain yourself in that situation, though. So I didn't think it was long winded at all. Honest and true. And and again, there's no really right or wrong answer. But mm -hmm. exactly. You, you, at least for myself, I just want to keep this in the back of my mind, too. The next time we play and going forth is that, uh, I mean, people don't listen to me anyway, which is ironic <laughs> with, the, with the podcast and stuff like that. But, listen, I know uh, I'm going to completely ignore you. Um, yeah, right. The <laughs> No, I, I grew up with that. Like, I people never listen to me. I I, I don't want to throw myself a pity party here because that's not what I'm trying to do. But I have a long history of, and my sister can attest to this, even like, say, at the dinner table or, you know, at my with my parents and, my, and whatever, or, or if I'm out, uh, if I'm having dinner with uh, my wife's family or what have you, if, if there's a lull in the conversation and I speak up and start saying something, it is very common for someone else to just jump over me and continue the conversation. I, I, I understand entirely. That, that is scary how similar we've never talked about this, by the way, for no. the people listening out there, but I've had the very, very, very similar experience. Mm -hmm. uh, even in school too, if I'm answering a question, another student will just come in and, and 
bulldoze the whole situation. But getting back to the deck hockey I think, thing, I, I, I think feel, neither of us. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, yeah, I'm, okay. I'm, I'm doing the very thing that we were just talking about to you, and I apologize. But I just, I'll go in the corner and suck my thumb in the fetal position. Don't worry about it. Okay, I'll call you when I'm done. <laughs> All right. Um, no, I think it's. Uh, I just, I think it's because neither of us is is tremendously assertive. So, you know, we, we tend to kind of defer and take a back seat. So that's probably why, because there are other people who are less so. And so they, they just tend to, to see an opening and go. go. So exactly. That, that's how I feel if, I'm, if I think I'm trying to help out a teammate or, or mm-hmm. see something, and, and especially if we're playing with, with lines and I'm on the sidelines and trying to help out the traffic and, and – whatever, I feel like I'm a little dog, just a puppy barking and where you just like, look at that little puppy and you could kick it and then you keep doing what you're doing anyway. Mm -hmm. So that's how I feel. And and I see myself on, on the deck, but that's all. It's just something that, uh, again, uh, you want to win, but you want to have fun. You want to play fair and and honest and abide by the rules. But again, I guess the whole point of a pickup league is that you're going to get people that are maybe a lot more talented uh, or a lot less talented, mm-hmm. everybody in between, and to have it as much fun as possible. So uh, something to work on for myself in, in the new year is to, I guess, not try and step over the line, so to speak, or just let the, the game that would be, be a little bit more. I think. Exactly right. Thank you. Uh, but make it a little, a little bit more organic and exactly maybe suggest things as opposed to just like bark out, uh, yeah. you know, that guy's open or contain him or whatever and be ignored. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think, well, no, see, here's here's uh, a very key distinction. And I, I, I'm glad you mentioned that because I wanted to bring it up and this is a, a, a great way to do that. So I think there's a difference between just the two things you just said, that guy's open and contain him. So that guy's open is communication. Like in the heat of battle of a game, you know, you're not going to have eyes everywhere. So the fact that you see something that the other people don't, that's just making your teammates aware of something. I think contain him gets more into the coaching, you know, kind of like uh, assigning roles to people. So, I think communication is very important. And and this is I wanted to go back to this as a goalie cuz I wanted to make sure that my position was was clear and not give people the wrong idea. So for me communication is very important. When I say I don't want people telling me how to play the position, I don't mean I don't want people communicating with me. Like if a shot goes behind the net or if I make a save and I'm not sure where the rebound went, it's it's crucial that people be able to tell me left side, right side, you know, other side or, or uh, you know, it's, it's, it's behind you or yeah, that that's, that's a big one. If, if something, uh, if, you know, if, if I make a stop and the puck trickles and I'm not sure exactly where it went, it's under you. So I know I can just drop down and cover it. That, that something like that is huge. So that's really important. And, and I don't want to make people think that for myself and, and, you know, for if you happen to be listening and, and you're not sure how to communicate with your own goalie, like, I want to make that very clear. Communication is very, very important. I'm not saying don't communicate information because you're worried that the goalie, like, if somebody tells me, if I see, <laughs> it's funny, I, 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 this is something I struggle a little bit with myself when I'm playing the position, and it's just because I'm competitive. If I see the puck, like, if... How can I describe this? So if I make a save or, or whatever, or if the puck gets shot around and I know where the puck is, I'm, I'm able to track it. And somebody says like other side that there's a, a part of me that instinctively wants to bark out. I know because I do know, but they don't know that I know, you know, they're not going to be able to tell what the difference between when I can see the puck and when I can't see the puck. So I have to, and I don't bark that out because I realize that they don't know that and they are doing what they're supposed to be doing. And after that half a second of instinct, I appreciate that they they did that because that's what I want to happen. So it's something I have to, you know, kind of consciously work on tamping down just even for my own, you know, my own uh, mental uh, benefit. But, but like, yeah, that that's, you know, I... I so that that aside, I you know it, it's something that that happens sometimes for me. 
But even when that happens, I still want them to do it because I want people to be in the habit of doing that. Because even though I did happen to know that second, I I, I very well couldn't have. And so I just, yeah, I, I, I want people to know that you, you should tell your goalie where the puck is, even if he already knows, because he might not. Don't assume, or she. Don't, don't assume that the goalie knows where the puck is. You know, communication is better than not. Fair. I, you know what? That clarifies a lot for me. So I'll definitely keep that in mind for Good. the future. Good. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad that I could uh, help with that. And yeah. So I guess, I guess what I, I just, what I'm saying with your point to your point is, um, you know, just be smart about it. Just, uh, there is a difference between telling people what to do and informing them. And it can be a fine line, but err on the side of information. It, that's, that's really all I'm saying here. Last minute remaining in the podcast. See, thank you, Pops. See, Pops was just letting us know that it was the last minute of the podcast. He wasn't telling us to wrap up the podcast. If he had done that, if it had been, all right, guys, you've talked long enough, finish it up, that would have been a little rude. But he didn't say that. He just said, last minute remaining in the podcast, because that's what he does. And we appreciate him for that. And we appreciate you for listening to another episode of Hit the Deck. We appreciate Anthony Sajazi for providing us with music on the podcast, the LIQ, for not only their competition and their ability to give us things fodder, if you will, for the podcast, but we also appreciate them for providing sound effects used in this very podcast. And so if you would like to share your opinion with us, we'd love to hear it. If you have maybe, like James said, there's no right or wrong answers. If you have a different opinion, if you think we got it wrong or, or just maybe we're not seeing a certain side of something and you'd like to join in the conversation about, you know, whether or not you need a strategy for deck hockey, please email us at hitthedeck at gmail.com or drop us a Twitter, Twitter tweet at hitthedeckpod or we can be found on our Facebook group at our uh, Facebook page. Page. I can never tell the difference between pages and groups. It's, uh, it's probably something I should figure out. I think we have a page. We're uh, facebook.com slash hitthedeck. Please jump in there and uh, let us know what you think. And, you know, we'll talk about it. We'll, we'll open a dialogue about this very topic. Or if you want to talk to us about anything else, you know, doesn't have to be something we talked about on the podcast. If you want to suggest a topic, if you want to suggest a candidate to be interviewed on this podcast, really, if there's anything you want to shoot over to us, we would be happy to, uh, uh, well, I'm trying to make this hockey themed. If I, if I say make the save, then that sounds like we don't want to, uh, you know, receive the, you know, we're, we're not interested in what they're saying. But if, you know, we're happy to give up the goal, I'm a goalie. I'm never happy to give up the goal. I think I've dug myself in a pit that I can't get out of here. So I'm just going to say we would appreciate it if you talk to us. Yes, James. That's fine. Perfect. Okay. All right. Great. So that being said, please, if you if if for some reason you still see any point in doing so, please feel free to subscribe to the podcast. I can't promise that this won't happen again. In fact, this kind of thing will probably happen frequently but subscribe anyway please if you haven't already done so subscribe to us on apple podcast on stitcher on the podbean app wherever you get your podcasts and if for some reason we are not there email us or facebook us or tweet at us to let us know that we're not there and we will try our level best to get there and one of the there's that we are is youtube you heard me talk at the beginning of the podcast about how i'm going to try and put together a goalie pad video and i am but i also have something else in mind and hopefully that will be up sooner rather than later that's geared <laughs> geared that's funny i'm a funny guy that's geared <laughs> uh towards non-goalies and really anyone but goalies i guess i'm excluding goalies in this <laughs> i am i am being exclusionary but really we have enough goalie content as it is we should branch out so uh That'll be coming down the pike pretty soon, I think. So subscribe to us there, please, so you can see that when it comes up. And if there's anything else you'd like to see, every episode of this podcast does eventually go up on YouTube. So if you missed it, uh, if you don't want to subscribe, if you, for some reason, prefer YouTube to 
the regular podcast outlets, we can be found there as well. So um, with all that being said, James, is there anything that I've missed? No, you excellent goalie. You made every save possible and well done. And uh, just before we sign off, everybody affected yes. by this blizzard, uh, stay safe out there. And thanks for listening. Absolutely. Yeah, this has uh, been a pretty rough one on the East Coast. So wherever you happen to be, if you're affected, uh, I, I echo what James said. And, and really, if, if it <laughs> doesn't have to be just this blizzard. If you're affected by weather or any other tragedy, we're, you know, we're pulling for you. So, um, yeah, I, I echo what James said. So uh, that being said, if you are going to be playing outdoors in sub-zero temperatures or if you are going to be playing with an aim towards getting the metrics that are so sorely needed for the improvement of your game. If you are playing in a pickup league and if you are just trying to be a good teammate out there and get the W, please, I would urge you, no matter what you're doing, to remember it's deck hockey. Don't be that guy. Thanks, everybody. I don't watch you, like, no, running I, around yeah. with scissors and sticking them in electrical outlets and what have you. I'll heed your advice. Thank right. you. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm here for. <laughs> now we know, and knowing is half the battle. G.I. Joe! <laughs>